Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. It is April 8th. It is WrestleMania Day. We are here to talk Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, and other WrestleMania Day stuff. This show brought to you ad-read-free by FightfulSelect.com. If you enjoy this podcast, every single week I review Ring of Honor, NXT, 205 Live, Being the Elite, New Japan, Stuff like that on the Fightful Weekender podcast that you can get on the Fightful Select service. We have retro shows, Q&A podcasts, uh, matches from Jimmy Van's vault. You can get a copy of his book. There's a ton of different things you can pick up there. Everything, uh, including sponsor tiers. If you want to buy a block of six months of sponsor slots on all of our Fightful.com shows, head over to FightfulSelect.com. Today, we are talking Ring of Honor. And we're talking it with the man who covered the show, I'm sorry, John, John Morehouse, who has been with us for damn near two years now. Has it been that long? Almost. Almost. Wow. We're, we're closing in on it. This July, it is two years. You didn't give me a card or, or anything. Well, it's not there yet. We're not We're not there. You didn't give me a card for the first one either. That's true. Also, you brought us Jason Kincaid, a I guy did. who wrestled for WWE this week. I did. One of our best writers. If you all haven't checked out his stuff uh, there's a little search bar at the top of Fightful.com that says enter keywords. Just type in Jason Kincaid and you will go down a rabbit hole of uh, awesomeness. A lot of fun uh, yeah. reading that guy's stuff. But Ring of Honor, I'm going to cut a promo on their streaming service today, John. Go for it. So do that now? service, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it now because okay. I'm going to be honest with you all. I had to use nefarious means <gasps> in order to watch this show. Yes, no. yes, John, because 
we as a company, Fightful, paid for our subscription. We don't get like comp that or anything by Ring of Honor. Uh, we paid for it just like everybody else does. And we gave it to you to use for the coverage. It's like, you know what? I'll watch it after UFC. Mm-hmm. And I got messages from you during the broadcast saying, well, the same thing's happening that always happens. Mm-hmm. Streaming issues. Yep. And they claimed that it exceeded uh, their their planned, I don't know, server, bandwidth, whatever. They're owned by a broadcast company, John. Yeah, a big one. The, maybe the biggest, right? One of the biggest one right the now, biggest. I think. And just, kind of a bitch. and it's the fact that this is the first time I've done one of these for you guys. It's actually the first time I've done a watch one of their pay per views live. But from being on the internet, this happens all the time with them. All the time. It happened last month. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not only that, you go to the Ring of First off, you Google ROH Honor Club, you get an announcement page at the top. Not like, uh, a basic splash page that's that's like here welcome to ring of honor honor club a lot of people don't realize you just go to their website sign in and, and you're able to check it out so <laughs> that that that's an issue in its own then you get there where's ring of honor supercard of honor on that show where on that page nowhere they're promoting like steel city excellence or some cody versus matt taven show they've already moved on to their next uh show their yeah, house. but I mean, last it was within minutes last night. Mm-hmm. I had, I went there and they were they were already shilling Cody versus Matt Taven, and I'm like, and it's up there now, Masters of the Craft. And I'm like, bro, where is your Supercard of Honor stuff? And then I see it in little letters up the top. Yeah, so I click that, I go there, and they are running this event on UStream. <laughs> I guess Justin TV was not available. Um, I'm guessing channelsurfing.eu wouldn't have <laughs> Ring of Honor. Were First Row Sports, were they busy? Was yes. VIPbox.tv, were, was that too hard? They were at TakeOver. They were, they were TakeOver. Indeed, they were. Which apparently, for like, I think it's funny. We can get into all the nuts and bolts. It's funny that, you know, WWE, which is... The, the mainstream company outwork rated the work rate company. Also. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't see takeover. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. From what I we'll get to that. Okay, okay, okay. So I had I had to prioritize these based on importance, and that way I could discuss everything on podcasts. And obviously, the UFC show, where a crossover site had to cover that. Was going to cover, or I did cover NXT takeover. Did the podcast, all that good stuff. Planned on getting the majority of Ring of Honor in last night. Well, based on what you had told me, <laughs> starting with the pre-show, mm-hmm. it was a, almost a six-hour show. It sure was. I did not get to watch the semifinal matches, unfortunately. Also, uh, I skipped whatever Beer City Bruiser was involved in. Ugh. I just said, okay, I'm going to pass on that one. And I, I checked out Chucky e. T, Gresham, Punishment, uh, Ibushi, the, the title finals, everything else on the show I caught. Okay. So after concluding the UFC podcast, I set out to watch this six-hour show. I get to the Ustream link, which is three hours long. Keep in mind, I didn't like pirate it on Ustream. Ustream is the service Ring of Honor uses. 
If Ugh. only if only Ring of Honor was owned by a broadcasting magnate that could maybe provide some means for them to stream it themselves through their own company. Exactly. If only. So I, I immediately noticed the video is two hours, 59 minutes long. And I said, mm-hmm. something's wrong here. I look on Ring of Honor's page and they say, oh, don't worry. It'll start as soon as the first part ends. It just automatically flips over. So oh. I try to sk- skip around because I'm not going to sit through 15 minutes of a stream will start soon screen. And it freezes. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So I try to <laughs> I, finally, I finally get the, the, the stream to start. It buffers repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Whatever. I ended up having to pirate Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor to cover it for you guys. And I have no shame in saying that because we paid our money for it. Now, Ring of Honor's YouTube or Facebook says that they're gonna give uh, VIP subscribers forty dollars in merch or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll do a giveaway on FightfulSelect.com. Mother of God. Let, let's go ahead and get into the show. Okie doke. It was. I will say this. Let me say this about the link. The first and me in general, because I think this is the first time I have done a podcast with you guys. Mm-hmm. Me and Ring of Honor go back a ways. I was there at the first SuperCard of Honor. In 2006, I was there in person. Show was insanely lot, long, insanely long. Brian Danielson and Roderick Strom were in the main event for the title. It started at about midnight central time, and they went almost an hour. I'm going to suggest a Ring of Honor next year. One, they run Friday. Next year, two, they limit it to three hours. Here's the thing. That show, I think this one was longer. I would have to go back and check. It certainly felt longer. And for reasons we'll get into because of pacing and the fact that a, a lot of it for the, the self-described best wrestling on the planet, a lot of it was really just kind of skippable. Yeah. For for a loaded card, too, I thought. They could have done, with all due respect to Gresham and Chucky e. T, they could have done without that match. So I didn't get uh, to see that because LOL streaming. That's well, there the you go. I, I, I can skip. I can skip right over that. Solid work. Had a fine match. You knew Chucky e. T was going to win. They don't seem interested in giving Gresham much of anything. Uh, did you dumb. see Martinez and Tomohiro Ishii? Uh, I want to say something about Gresham. I didn't see that match, but their continued refusal not to do anything with him is just a one of many baffling booking decisions. Because, like, I get it. He's super small. But he's so unique and different on the mat with the things that he does, and it yeah. would be something unique that they could do, and a different thing that they could do with things. But instead, no, we'll just we'll just have him lose. So he, he is a very he's a fifty fifty kind of guy. Did you see Punishment Martinez versus Tomohiro Ishii? Did your stream come back for that? It did. I saw Punishment Martinez nearly die for our sins on that plancha to the floor. Which I don't know why. I get it. He does. He does the the jumpy stuff but it, it, it felt like to me like he was watching takeover in the back was like, oh i need to go do some crazy <laughs> big guy stuff lita-esque on that face scoot on the plancha that he did and then he hit a tope on hilo then a super frankensteiner yeah he had, he had an amazing match i think with marty scroll at, at one of the last pay-per-views and i thought this was a good follow-up i knew that he needed a win here because you can only get along being the six-and-a-half-foot guy that keeps losing for so long, and I thought Tomohiro Ishii was a big win for him. This this was the showcase match for Punishment Martinez, and I actually have a making a finisher uh, segment for his South of Heaven Chokeslam that'll be out this year. It'll be up on Fightful Select early, guys, so make sure you all register, you all Product subscribe plug. there. 
But uh, yeah, he won with his set out choke slam. I thought this was a pretty good match. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, and it, the fact that he beat one of who I would say one of the guys booked is the, the, one of the toughest guys in New Japan. Clean as a sheet, in the middle of the ring, hit him with the finisher once. That was it. Um, maybe herald some some big things for Martinez in the future. And I think he's one of the guys, definitely in Ring of Honor, that has the most upside. Assuming they can, you know, keep him. Because he's also a guy I think WWE definitely would be after at some point if he becomes available because he's big, because he can fly around. You know, he can do a lot of stuff. I, I like this performance. I always like interviewing uh, Punishment Martinez. So this was uh, this was a good one. Also a good one. I loved Kota Ibushi and Hangman Page. I oh, thought this was, this was the match that Hangman Page deserved at Long mm-hmm. Beach. But unfortunately, Ibushi was booked. This was the opposite of Hangman Page against Jay White. This was fast-paced. It, it it accentuated both Ibushi and Hangman's skill sets. They worked the faster style. Page got suplexed on his neck and shoulder from the barricade. That was nasty looking. And Cole Cabana was even like, on commentary, do we got to see this every single every single event we do? Yeah. Uh, for, speaking of the commentary, uh, Ian and Cole Cabana, fantastic. I, I liked them until the, I liked them until the main event. I thought the main event was a little well, especially it, as long as the show. Oh was. yeah, and as someone who has done commentary himself, and you've done it, when shows are super long and you're doing commentary, it is very difficult to keep your. I've had trouble with that before on shows that were three or four hours. I can't imagine almost going six. But six, yeah. They, they always seem prepared. You know, Colt is throwing in good little tidbits throughout, uh, especially on Cody and, and Omega. Uh, but yeah, this match was great. And this match to me, I think, was one of those where I thought Paige should have won as someone they're building up. But I thought he almost came out of it looking a lot stronger, even with the loss, just the way the match played out. Some of those crazy, you know, that, that suplex was just... After after Sakura oh. Genesis, I thought that Ibushi had to get a pin back on somebody. Yeah, that's fair. So I could saw that. So I could see that. I love Cole Cabilla's, Cole Cabana's willingness to call out like when moves are applied incorrectly or mm-hmm. whenever something wrong is done on commentary. That's his job, man. He's supposed to do that. And I thought that really up until the main event, the commentary was a plus. And there was there was a lot I didn't like about the main event, but we'll talk about that when it when it happens. Just incredible work from these two guys. It's the kind of match that Hangman Page needed because he's he's fairly over because of the being the Elite Series and his work is very exciting. But he needed that dance partner in a one on one scenario yes. to show that his matches could sustain that. And I think you could put this up there with Kenny and Cody for match of the night because Agreed. they just those are my top two. Yeah, they just they had it out. Anything else to add to this, uh, Ibushi and Page? Not much. Just I think it's I think it's really awesome for Adam Page as somebody who you know I think I first saw in some some regional independent stuff around here, and then he kind of claims came his way up the Ring of Honor. You know, I remember right around maybe the time he was starting Ring of Honor. You know, going to a show uh, in South Carolina with a buddy of mine who lives here, and he tagged with Adam Page. So he's made a really sharp progression in a pretty short amount of time compared to a lot of other guys in the business. And I, I just think it's very I'm very happy for Adam Page. Speaking of FightfulSelect.com, Adam Page and his uh, finisher, Last Rights, that will be one on making a finisher, and it will be up way early on Fightful Select in the coming weeks. I really like, uh, speaking of moves, I really like that tombstone he did where the, mm-hmm. like, the, it was like a straight jacket cradle tombs. I'd never not seen that before. Yeah. I love that. 
I, I just like doing doing something a little bit different. Show me something a little different, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that. Ring of Honor Women uh, Women's Ugh. Championship, the Women of Honor Championship tournament oh, match. Lord. Okay. Can oh I, man. Okay. So I got things to say about this. Short match, abrupt match. Kelly Klein's winning streak ended in this match by a 46 year old woman. There are four other women in this tournament I would have had to win this besides Sumi Sakai. And Iwatani isn't one of them because if you watch that Deanna Perrazzo match, she had Deanna Perrazzo like waiting on her offense, waiting to take her offense in this match. Why not Perrazzo? Why not Tennille Dashwood? Why not Kelly Klein? Those three in particular. I've said this over and over again. Kelly Klein versus Bonesaw Brooks. That's a match you all should go watch. That was incredible. I did like that they brought all the other women out there to kind of cheer them on. That, that was a nice touch, I guess. Well, they were cheering on Sumi, clearly. Yeah. I thought, you know, they're rooting for her against the bully of the division and whatever else. But, man. Doesn't make any sense. 46 year old was booked up. Why, why, why do you put somebody from stardom in the semifinals over one of your homegrown people, fly her in from Japan to lose on Facebook? One, that's a stupid way to spend money. Yep. Two, I, the only reason I can figure out that they put it on Sumi is as some kind of nod to the fact of the history and the fact she's been there and she was in their very first women's match 16 years ago and what all. And yay, that's cool. This was just, I think I referred to it either on my Twitter or the site Twitter as a baffling booking decision. It you is know, a right, baffling. It, it, it's flabbergasting it like- for her for the final to not be Klein and Dashwood with the way that the semifinals were broken down. And then for, for Klein to lose like that and lose her undefeated streak and the way the finish, that finish had, I, I don't know if somebody got like legit knocked out and they had to audible something where it forgot screwed up or something, but it was the fact that she lost and lost her streak. And it was such an underwhelming way. Like the match just kind of ended. And it was like, okay, I guess that's it. All right. It was weird. It was awkward. This should have been Deanna Perrazzo and Kelly Klein. Or Tennille Dashwood and Kelly Klein. Or Tennille Dashwood and Deanna Perrazzo. Any of those three women. Yeah. And I look back at this and I'm like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like Otani being the first cruiserweight champion in WCW and Takamichi Noku being the first WWF light heavyweight champion in uh, WWF. Uh, so I can kind of see the parallels there, but Sumi Sakai is not over in America. She's not. It was just, it just wasn't good. She got it because of services rendered. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a lifetime achievement award kind of thing. And, and I would argue that Kelly Klein and Deanna Perrazzo have both done more to build up women's wrestling in Ring of Honor than Sumi Sakai ever did. And I get it. Sumi Sakai's been in and out, yada yada, since two thousand two, but. I I wondered like when they all came out around the ring and like Dashwood was one of them out there. I thought, well, maybe she's going to do something and like turn heel and like screw over Sumi and then Kelly Klein are going to win. Nope, we're just going to do it this way. It's weird. It's bad. It's one of on a show that where I th- thought there was lots of weird booking decisions and lots of bad, not even like finishes. And he that's one thing. The I may be getting too technical here. The first four or five matches, if you count the two women's semifinals, which you didn't see, I saw them. They're pretty good. They're worth watching, mm-hmm. which is like my low metric. Is a match either worth watching or it isn't. They're worth watching. You should go see them. They're pretty good. Those matches in Ibushi Page all had the same spot where, like, I'm on the apron, and I'm going to do the shoulder block, and you're going to move, and you're going to kick me, and, like, that set up the heat. 
that happened three times in like the first five matches. Like yeah. talk to each other and come up with some different the Abushi Page and then uh, Dashwood Sakai. Literally the exact same spot. Went through, kicked them, and did the, like the neck breaker on the ropes. Like, so so they paid. Kind of, <laughs> they paid Iwatani to fly in and lose, and then they paid Tanil to come in and lose. Tanil cannot be cheap. She no. Tanil has a real opportunity to per- be the first maybe American independent female wrestler to be like a significant draw based on the types of stuff that she's done uh, so far and the crowds that she's brought in like it's looking real good for her. puzzling puzzling yeah, from then, a financial the finish standpoint. of the of the finals is just like i'm gonna hit a kind of hit a moonsault and then we're gonna scramble around and look lost and i'm gonna ddt you and then that's it okay it was, it was bad if it, it was, was like bad. 1986 that would that would probably work for me but yeah not against not now and not against somebody you've built up as your division monster Definitely not running parallel to Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon on NXT TakeOver, where they are stomping each other's elbows. It's also weird, as much as women's wrestling is so popular right now, and as much as the women of honor do so much media, and and the way that they're still kind of marginalized as a whole by Ring of Honor, like, it's weird. I thought when when, Dashwood came in, maybe they're going to start ramping this up a little bit, and, and... capitalize on what's hot really across the business and they're still just not and well, they, they also do some favors for people that are dating certain people etc that it tends to happen a lot in ring of honor and that's weird because there's a lot of good women's talent out there and you better get a hold of it because wwe is running another may young classic this year mm-hmm. so anyway I'm like, I'm like Britt baker's out there man like tessa blanchard's out there Madison Eagles is out there. Mia Yim. Mia Yim is out. Well, she just came back, so she wouldn't have been ready for the tournament, but she's out there. It's weird. RO, or actually, ROH, six-man tag team championship. SoCal and Sinister defeated the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon. If you would have told me this would be the second-best ladder match of Saturday night, I would have told you you were lying, but it was, and that's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Uh, the TKO from the ladder in this match – wasn't executed as well as the one from TakeOver, but it was higher up. That was cool. I like Matt Jackson using heavyweight spots now, like Spears. Mm, yeah. That cracks me okay. up. That Since he's a heavyweight now, he does heavyweight moves. I think that's funny stuff. Matt selling the back was one of the best parts of this match to me. Has been um, for three months. Yeah, it's great. Meanwhile, you got, and this is one thing, I understand it's the ladder match. It's a car crash. Everybody's doing stuff. I don't think Flip Gordon sold a damn thing for everyone. He took, he went face first into the ladder while on the top of it and fell down. And a minute later was up like he was fine. It's still an amazing spot though. It was great. It would have been much greater if you sold it for more than 20 seconds. Like I'm not a flip. I, I can respect his athleticism and what he can do in the ring. I do think he needs a finisher called the flat earth. I think that'd be awesome. But <laughs> I, his continued like, I'm just not as much as people shit on Osprey. Oh, he doesn't sell anything. He sells stuff way more than Flip does. Flip, oh, yeah. Flip wrestles and acts like a video game creator wrestler. It's something that I had pointed out in a previous podcast, the Fightful Weekender, which you all can see at FightfulSelect.com. Register, subscribe now. Product plug. He looks like he is always waiting for the next spot, like looking for the next spot that's going to happen. 
That's what it always seems like. And I'm sure he'll get better. Working with these five guys is a way to get better. Sure. That but, spot he did on the top of the ladder was one of the most exhilarating spots I've ever seen in ladder match history. He was standing on top of it, fell, and cracked his face on the top of it. Now, as you said, taking him out for the whole match. Yeah. He was up. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So, doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Later, and he was fine. That's a match ender. A match ender. And this is a match where you can get away with spot fest. Not only was he better a minute later, he came back out twice more before the show was over. So, and that's the thing. When you have six guys like this, you don't have to employ a ton of psychology. It's made very, very easy for you. Yeah. Like nobody has to watch you sell, but you just, you have to be absent in that regard. And I, I thought that was, that was tough. That being said, I thought this was still a very good match. This was the first time I ever liked to flip Gordon's kip up spot when he was avoiding the ladder, the yeah, old was, Terry Funk spot. What about like, the, wow. uh, the ladder hopscotch? Yeah. It made a lot of sense. It was really good. Uh, there was a back body drop 450 by the Bucks and Flip that I thought looked really, really good onto that ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the offense from the Bucks got sloppy, but they had sold Matt's back injury so much that it played into it. Like, I didn't know, did they plan for this offense to be sloppy or not? Because of Matt's back injury and how it's been a running storyline for three months, I was like, okay, is this a part of the match that they don't connect on some of this offense? Or... Are they just legitimately exhausted? It was really hard to tell, and that, that's a very good thing. And then the little, like, when he was up top and he was going to reach, but he couldn't reach all the way because his back hurt. Yeah. Like, that was so good. And then Nick Jackson hopscotching across the ladders and doing the crazy dive to the floor. That was really good. My big thing about this match is I would have liked it a lot better if, no disrespect, there was 100% less kingdom in it. I, I was about to it. say that. I get I think why that's... they did it. Because, like, oh, they kicked him out, and they're banned from the show, so it makes sense that they come back and whatever. But, like, it was unnecessary. I, I think it was, I was talking to Rob Naylor, bannering on Twitter a little bit. And some some other person came in like, oh, how about that ladder match? One of my favorite matches of the year. And I was like, needed 100% less kingdom. And, and then they stole the belt, so I guess we're going to, like, a, a three-way with these guys. But it was just not – it was the – one of several things 
that happened on this show that was completely unnecessary and made no sense within the greater narrative picture of what happened in the show. I would wager that Kingdom has the wrong kind of heat. They have go-away heat. And I know your Ring of Honor likes Matt Taven a lot, and he's he's shown some good things over the past several months, but how many times can you do the Ring of Honor is out to get me angle? They did it with the Rebellion last year in the cabinet. They did, they did it, it with, with Scum. They did it with back. Scum. They did it with Cedric Alexander and Veda Scott. They've done it with all these people. Like, all heels. How many times can you do it? They do it with uh, the... Daniels and those, they've done it with them. They're out to get us and we're going to quit. And oh, we're just not, now they're in this thing. Oh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. All the time they run this spot back. Cut it out. Oh, there's like a Dave Coulier reference. I think you did cut it out. I'm old. Speaking Never mind. of after that Flip Gordon spot, later on, he's hitting a 450 off the top rope through a table. Matt gets pushed off a ladder and elbows uh, Vinny through a table. Daniels gets the title and wins. Kingdom steal the belts. I thought this was a good match, but man, I thought I, on my my ranking system it would have went from a seven point five to about a nine if Flip Gordon had sold and if uh, Kingdom wouldn't have been involved. I mean, Kingdom, I think, were just there to they were there to steal the belts and provide more people to get thrown through tables. And everybody that says it's good, yeah, it was it was good. It wasn't great. And for me, the, the the gold standard of ladder matches for Ring of Honor, as far as a team one, is that that three team with all from All Star Extravaganza in twenty six. The one with the Bucks, ladder the war. Addiction, the one with the Bucks, the addiction of machine guns. That was great. Yeah, that match is awesome. This match was not anywhere near that good. Nowhere near that good. Not near as good as that match either. Was. The Briscoes against Tanahashi and Jay Lethal, and you knew that Jay Lethal or that Tanahashi was going to be on autopilot, but it didn't have any sense of urgency early on and little reaction. I'm glad that Mark Briscoe kicked out of Jay Lethal's finish, though, because, one, I don't like the finish. I think that doing a springboard or handspring into that is pointless, but it helps portray Mark Briscoe as a main eventer, and the crowd was cooking for that. Mm -hmm. Mark Briscoe has never had that top main event level run yet. Jay has. So they still have room to do that, a story to tell there. Unfortunately, this match didn't click. Briscoe's one with the Doomsday device. What did you think of it? I thought it was a foregone conclusion match because there was no way they were winning. So it's like, why do it? If you yeah. want to have Tanahashi on the show, cool. Put him in a six-man or something. This felt like a house show main event during a road to whatever show in New Japan. You're right. It felt like a match. We're going to put the main event guy in there, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to kind of fart around, but you're going to know who's winning even before the match starts. That said, I like me some heel briscoes. I like what they're doing. I like because, you know, they get vicious, like when they were giving Chris Saban JD drillers on chairs, but then they're still like a sophisticated tag team. Like when the, when the heat first started and they go outside and Jay Briscoe yells at the referee, which one's legal? Like little touches like that, I enjoy so much. They're such a good tag team, and while it will never happen, I would love to see like an Usos Briscoes match or a New Day. But Usos Briscoes to me is the match, like the dream match I would like to see. But this match was coming, and then you had the intermission, which is dumb. Why have an intermission on an eye pay per view? Then you have this match, which went too long, and it was one of those matches that when it started, you you could tell they were going to go long. And with everything else that was still to come, it just felt unnecessary. And it was just kind of there. Meh. I would agree. Uh, a, a match worth missing. 
And Tanahashi didn't even do like a lot of his stuff. He yeah, did, the- you know, you didn't get even in New Japan when they're going out there and just kind of going through the motions, you still get again to get your greatest hits from everybody. He did a couple sling blades, and that was that that was about it. Autopilot. Cool. Ring of Honor Television Championship, last man standing. Silas Young defeated Kenny King to become the ROH TV champion. Uh, Austin Aries didn't wrestle on this show. No. But who was doing commentary on that ladder match, by the way? Uh, the third guy was Shane Taylor. Okay. He didn't say a lot. He was very quiet. Yeah. But um, interviewed Shane. Good dude. Uh, Silas Young, Kenny King. I thought this was going to be Austin Aries against somebody based on the way that they set it up at 16th anniversary. That wasn't the case. Uh, This was basically a hardcore match with a couple of big table spots. King hits an unbelievable shooting star press that was like not as smooth as most of them, but I didn't even know he could do and did it to the outside of the ring. That was awesome. I like to finish where Kenny King's – you didn't. As much as I love old school wrestling and grew up on it, I didn't like the finish. Well, let me let me talk him through it. Beer City Bruiser's underneath the ring. We can't see him. He zip ties Kenny King's feet so Silas can win. I think I just love the undying friendship of Silas Young and Beer City Bruiser. That's pretty good. And, and, and Bruiser's like old troll face when he came out. Like, ah, eh? yeah, gotcha. that was okay. But I think like that was such a cool spot, and it was so unexpected um, from Kenny King, and um, just it, it just felt cheap. And the crowd didn't care for it either. Um, as for the Aries thing, you might've missed it. Cause I know you were skipping through trying to get through because the show was six hours long. Yes. Um, Aries came out after they did a little video package and basically cut a promo and was like, Hey, I want the winner. And then he went and joined commentary. And then after that, and they beat him down and he came down and made the save and all that. Another reason I didn't like the finish while I enjoy Silas young, I kind of like the idea of an Aries Kenny King match a little bit more. Yeah. So that was what, I mean, if I had to pick one, that I get to see, I think Aries and Kenny King mesh better unless you're going to put King in and make it a three-way. And that seems silly, but that it was such a decisive spot with the, you know, he pulled out all the stops. He did this big, crazy move, put him through the table, it looked beautiful. And then, you know, the finish was what it was. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to get that into a uh, Kenny King match in general these days, but. It's just like it's he's it's such a far fall from where he was in BDC and Ring of Honor the first time, and even when I was interested in him in him coming out of Tough Enough, but it's it's coming back a little bit. Bully Ray comes out, he heals Cheeseburger and Joe Cough. I really hope Joe, all due respect to him, does not become an on-screen character because that seems to be the next thing. It's just what usually happens, and it doesn't need to be. Flip Gordon comes out, tries to make the save, but Bully threatens to pile drive Cheeseburger, which we get the show pulled. That was clever. That was that was clever. Uh, a lot of people know that ROH was exempt from this, but I thought it was still a good touch. He power bombs Cheeseburger instead. That's the only that spot is the only justification I can see for doing this on this show. Bully Ray overwhelmed some of Ring of Honor TV over the last month. You had the Louisiana thing. Yeah. And, and that's the only you can do. That's why we're doing it now. That's the only justification I can think of of doing this. They're like we're going to have this extra match, and I said out loud in an empty room, "Why? Like, there's already you still got more stuff we got to get through. 
why are you doing this? And he's like, oh, we're going to give Bully like a happy moment. Oh, no, he's going to turn. Okay, heel authority figure. We've never seen that before. And then the promo and just it all just if you're going to do it and we can have a whole different discussion about whether we think this is a good idea from a creative standpoint, all of it could have easily been done on a TV taping. Aside from the pile driver spot, which you have to do in Louisiana. I didn't care for it. I really thought the whole, the your kind line from Bully, and it's not what he meant, but the way he set it up, I thought it was shitty. I just, I didn't care for this at all. And maybe that was because I was already like four hours deep into this thing. Yeah. It all just seems superfluous. I don't care for the turn. I don't care for the idea of a Flip Gordon leading the new generation against the old guard thing. That sounds uh. awful. Because I don't like Flip so much. Sorry. It's yeah. got nothing to do with the flat earthy thing. It, I don't I, I'm not a I'm not a Flip Gordon guy yet. And it just it just leaves me feeling very bleh about the future of where Ring of Honor goes from here with this if it becomes a major storyline. Cody with Brandy Rhodes defeating Kenny Omega. I thought this was probably match of the night up there with Hangman Page and Kota Ibushi. But the story that they have built over the last Almost a year really, really added into this. It left me with questions, but without feeling like I got ripped off for a dirty main event. So very, very cool. This added even more to the story that I thought could have ended as a result of this match, but they've got all in to build up to in about five months. There was an aspect of Young Bucks kicking Super King Omega on accident, Brandy getting put to the table. Flip Gordon, even though I don't like her, there there has been that story uh, or like him. That story of him having the crush on Brandy, that will play into things, how he helped her out. And Cody just winning in general, despite all that stuff, the only thing Kenny Omega cared about, not his wife, not what the Bucks were doing, not about Flip Gordon, he just wanted to beat Kenny Omega. That's all the guy wanted to do. And he has just continued to be one of the top heels outside of WWE, maybe even including WWE. Great story, great in-ring work. A lot of people will say it was only good because of Omega, and he was a big part. But Cody's character work over the last 16 months made this match as big as it was, and I loved it. I yeah. thought it was really good stuff. With with all due respect, as much as I like the Gargano Ciampa thing, this is the best story in wrestling. Yeah. To me. And I, when Cody first... They've had to tell it a lot more consistently. They have. When, when Cody first left, going around and when he first even came around and even when he was the champion i really wasn't that impressed but he has really evolved into a top heel i love i love he pulled out every dirty old school heel trick in the book in this match i love the fact that you've got somebody who's dusty Rhodes' son and he basically wrestles like rick flair who was his father's greatest nemesis i love things like that i love the little touches throughout it i love that it was one of those matches and we talked about earlier guys on the big show pulling out moves they've never done before. Cody Rhodes did a vertebraker on this show. That's that was crazy to me. He's like, oh we'll just have Cody Rhodes do a vertebraker. Uh the the false finishes I thought were great. Um the Brandy Rhodes bump through the table was cool. Uh it got Flip Gordon back on the screen again. So you know yay for that. Uh I like the spot with the Bucks, and they didn't know what they were going to do. The whole thing, the whole story, the crowd was super hot. Uh, like you said, probably best match of the of the show. Um, maybe match of the year type deal. Maybe we'll see. And it definitely should have gone last. I was very surprised this match wasn't last, and it should have been last. It definitely should have been last. Uh, it 
it was the main event. And based on the reaction that the main event got, this definitely should have been last. There are just some matches that are bigger than your championship match. And I uh, will go ahead and talk about the main event it coupled in with this because I don't think there was a lot to talk about in the main event. This was like 2015 to early 2017 NXT for me where there were a lot of matches that outshined your main event and your main event had this slow, more methodical pace that the crowd didn't really want. After all the things that they saw throughout the night, they didn't want a slow, uh, methodical match out of Marty Scroll and Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle won. Yeah. And they didn't really get into this match until the very end. And there was a spot about 26 minutes in where they were ready to go. And Dalton Castle was late to kick out. And Todd Sinclair, as is tradition, is made to look like an oaf. Um, Nick Aldis at ringside. I didn't necessarily like the match being called like a golf tournament, like really quiet. Like Dalton Castle, he grabs the wrist lock. I was like, come on, guys. Ian and Cole are better than that. I know it's to add gravity and seriousness to the situation, but and to build to when they get excited, the it's the peak of the match, but it just wasn't for me. It's it's a tough sell. It was a tough sell, and I, I like Col- Dalton Castle. I like Marty Scurll, but 5,800 people, and you could have heard a pin drop at some times. I think it's a match that is viewed better in a vacuum. Yes. Like it's one I want to go back and watch when I've not been sitting there for five hours. I think it was a bad decision to have, and we I talked about pacing. This show, as far as the pacing and the way it was laid out, was not done well. Everything took too long. The tag title match was too long. And then you have this big, huge Kenny Omega match. And then, hey, we're going to have another match after that. And, hey, we're going to have them go 30-plus minutes. Bad idea. You have to understand the limits of your audience. You know, the limits of a live audience. Any live audience, even the most diehard, barrier-smacking, live-tweeting, fan-fest, pay-hundred-dollars, for a meet and greet crowd is going to get tired. And after Cody and Omega, they were worn out. So they should have either flipped them and still probably shaved some time off this or had these guys just go out and work like a little sprint. Cut that match in half. It probably feels a whole lot better. But instead, we got this really – That's. I mean, I thought a lot of the stuff that was in it was technically good. I liked a lot of the arm stuff that Skrull did. I liked how Dalton Castle sold that very consistently. Uh, it had the big match feel. Skrull wore the all-gold – you skipped entrances. He had, like, the all-gold yeah. hat and the mask and stuff. Looked super cool. I liked it even better than the white. But it was the wrong style of match at the wrong place and time in the card – and everything else. If you go back and watch that match in a couple weeks, just by itself, it's probably it going to seem probably a lot, lot better. better. The crowd, the crowd was a, a bad part of it for me, a rough part of it for me. Oh yeah, the, two of the false finishes down the end. The crowd just started booing, and it wasn't a boo. Our guy didn't win. It was boo, as in we're ready to go home. Dalton Castle not, not kicking out when he was supposed to. Twenty six minutes in didn't help. The crowd no. shit all over. I did that. like the broken finger spot with Sinclair, though. That was really. Good. I, I like that, that as well. PWF street fight or yeah. PWG Freudian slip well, street fight where Nick he broke Aldis the fingers. At ringside hands uh, Skrull a couple of snippers, clippers, whatever you want to call them. Take the turnbuckle off, but Skrull clips like three of them, and it hangs on the rope. 
and it slides down the rope on the hard camera side, so they couldn't use wide shots. They had to go to ringside shots heavily throughout this. Skrull, uh, after a powder spot, <laughs> Todd Sinclair gets his fingers broken. Skrull locks in the chicken wings and then breaks Castle's finger. Uh, Bangarang hits. Castle gets the win. Yeah, a, de- a decent match, but after Cody Kenny, that was rough, man. Wrong spot, wrong place and time. I'm hoping, and with Ring of Honor, you you don't know. I'm assuming that Nick Aldis maybe will show up on the next TV taping and will explain why he was there. But, you know, who knows? It may be one of those things where he's just never seen again. I don't I don't trust Ring of Honor creative right now at all, aside from this Cody Omega Bullet Club thing. I don't and trust that's, anything that's, doing. that's Kenny Omega and Coda Ro- Cody Rhodes creative mm-hmm. with what that is. Yep. Like Ring of Honor doesn't have that much to do with what they do. So that was Ring understand. of Honor, Super Card of Honor. Yeah. What stood out to you the most on this show, good, bad, and different? Adam Page is the MVP to me just because I thought he raised his game and should be a major player for them going forward. Kenny and Cody is fantastic, and I think when all the dust settles and everyone is able to catch up, I'm watching all the things from this weekend that they missed. That will be probably at least, I would think, one of the top five matches that goes on all weekend if not maybe top three. Uh, and also, unfortunately, what stands out for them is the fact the show was just too damn long and had some, me, in my opinion, some really bad booking in places and was just paid. If you want to learn how to not pace a major show, watch, watch this. Watch this show. A great example. Guys, we have stories up on Fightful.com right now. We got the Alicia Fox, Travis Brown video. I'm Working to find out more about that situation, but I'm told there's no heat on Ronda Rousey. Apparently, Davy Boy Smith and Jake the Snake Roberts gotten into an incident uh, when Davy Boy Smith Jr. tossed a cup of coffee at Jake Roberts at WrestleCon. My God, we have the WWE WrestleMania access results. Just all kinds of cool stuff over at Fightful.com. I covered UFC 223 last night, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. I had a breaking news podcast on the Conor McGregor mess on Friday. We will talk more about that Tuesday on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, but tonight, WrestleMania 34. That's right. We're going to have a loaded podcast immediately following. I'm talking minutes, seconds after here at Fightful.com and at YouTube.com slash Fightful. Leave us a thumbs up and subscribe, but visit Fightful Select. Just check it out. There might be some stuff you're interested in, and if there's not, Tell me what you would be interested in. Tell me what would make you a subscriber. I posted a little scoop up there about who was the agent for the NXT New Orleans ladder match on FightfulSelect.com. So check that out. John, let the people know where they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, John underscore Morehouse. I'm also on the Facebook and the Instagrams. And I write stuff for Fightful and do live coverage like this, but... Uh, if there's another six-hour Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I may need, like, hazard pay or something because it, ah. it was too much. But I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, and I don't have to do a podcast, which means I can go eat my WrestleMania steak and, and, and drink some scotch and, and chill out. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I think I'm going to have pigs in a blanket or something. I've been eating carbs WrestleMania week. I lay off of them normally, but it's WrestleMania week. i got to have the energy. We do so special guys- steaks every year with, like, a, a marinade that fits the location. So I'm going to go have my Cajun marinade steak, but happy WrestleMania day to you, man. Yeah, we're going to wrap up here, guys. Join our live discussion. It is over at Fightful.com right now. I've had it open all morning long. You know we're here for Raw After Mania, SmackDown After Mania as well. Guys, thank you. Until next time, we are out.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.